Percy, we hear a lot about always staying positive, but is there ever a time when being positive might be counterproductive? Mm, that's a good question, Wayne. Uh, you know, there has been a lot of discussion lately around the coined phrase toxic positivity mm-hmm. that addresses this conundrum. And the key question here that I think needs to be asked is, is there ever a time or place that not being positive is a necessary exercise to process wow, what is okay. going on inside of individuals. And so today, I think we should sit down and talk about it, my friend. What you think? All right, I do. Let's talk about this. The push and pull of when positivity may be harmful. The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute-designated comprehensive cancer center. Information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. Welcome to Health, Hope, and Inspiration with our host, Reverend Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope. And Percy, you're looking good, but you always look good. That's not in question here. Well, as one famous uh, athlete once said that, you know, when you feel good, when you look good, you feel good. That's when right. you feel good, yeah. you play good. That's and so right. with that being said, <laughs> I want to do all of those today and be good on behalf of God and his people. So thank you. And uh, it's good to see you as well, sir. Thank you. I'm looking forward to this conversation today. Uh, we're just going to have what we call a fireside chat here today. And there may not be a fire burning, but uh, we'll get into this uh, issue of must I always be positive. This promises to be a very fascinating discussion here today. I know you've done a a lot of research on this, so we're going to all benefit from that today. Hey, we'd like to ask our listeners to participate by uh, letting us know what non-medical question would you like us to ask? You want to elaborate on that? Absolutely. We, you know, historically, we have always pitched questions to our audience, you and I, Wayne, in certain shows, and we felt like it was time to allow individuals to send us their questions of things that we may not have even considered or thought of that may be important to you. And the only caveat and qualifier here is that we are not uh, positioned or equipped to answer any medical-related questions. But anything that may be uh, on top of mind from a mental, emotional, physical, or spiritual perspective as one who is dealing with the elements of sickness or disease or supporting someone through sickness and disease, and you feel like that you have a relevant question, please send that in to us and we will read those and we will attempt to read some of those responses and give responses to those later on at, in, in future shows. Okay, so please do that. Our website is healthhopeandinspiration.com. And by the way, I'll mention at the top of this conversation, there is a free resource there available to you as well called How to Manage Negative Moments When You Don't Feel Positive. It's basically uh, what we're going to talk about here today on the program. So you can download it in written text form when you go to healthhopeandinspiration.com. More about that later. But let's open with some scripture. You always uh, have that ready to go. Yeah, I'm going to read a classic, as we like to call them, uh, those scriptures that are very familiar to most of us. And it is found in the book of Ecclesiastes, uh, chapter 3. And, uh, you know, that first three or four verses of scripture basically summarized in this particular reading here says this for everything there is a season and a time for every matter Hmm. under heaven a time to weep and a time to laugh a time to mourn and a time to dance a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing 
so on and so forth. And today, this scripture is going to establish, hopefully, uh, a foundation by which we're going to try to unpack this conversation around uh, how to deal with negativity and under what set of circumstances do we deal with negativity when we are trying to be positive or when we are being encouraged to be positive. That's going to be the conversation. Very good. All right. Let me just say that we are excited to announce that Health, Hope, and Inspiration and Abide Meditations are teaming up to make a premium subscription of Abide's mobile app free to our Health, Hope, and Inspiration community. It's great. Abide makes Bible meditations delightful. You can learn to meditate in five minutes a day. Rest peacefully with Abide's Bible-based sleep stories. Here's what you do. Text HHI to 22433 for your free subscription. Quiet your mind. Relax your body. Text HHI to 22433. Once again, the letters to text are HHI to 22433. And we believe you will be blessed and encouraged. Well, Percy, let's get into the topic here today. Based on what we've said so far, are there times when one should embrace being negative? Well, let me say it this way, my friend. There are times we should understand trying to be absolutely positive can potentially produce negative byproducts. Okay. So when I rephrase it that way, it kind of gives us kind of a a reformatting of of, of thinking about this. Yeah. And this concept of toxic positivity becomes a real phenomenon to be understood. You've you've seen this pop up uh, online and other places, right? I have. And and as I started reading through the information, and I want to say as a caveat, uh, this concept was presented to me. I was asked to uh, do an interview on a, on a radio platform to discuss this. And again, I want to uh, clarify, this was a, uh, a Christian outlet that wanted to have this conversation. And then I began to kind of do some online research and understand this as a concept. But beyond that, I can certainly say you know, within my 20 years of of supporting cancer patients, that there certainly has been examples that I've seen where trying to make someone be positive all the time under every set of circumstances has not always been beneficial to that individual. So that that is correct. And, you know, in in trying to establish the difference between positivity Mm -hmm. and toxic positivity, uh, it is not a simple matter. (laughs) I want to say that right now. It's very nuanced. And so I want everyone to hear me very clearly today. Everything is not always black and white. Some things have some nuance to it. So we're going to put our thinking caps on here today. Yeah. So let's first begin in that regard. Exactly right, Wayne, by defining what toxic positivity is based upon everything that I could research and find. According to an article uh, online written by Psychology Today, and we'll leave the uh, the actual link, the URL link, so people can actually find that and read that for themselves. Good. Uh, toxic positivity is the act of avoiding, suppressing, or rejecting negative emotions or experiences. This may take the form of denying your own emotions or someone else's denying your emotions. Very important school Mm -hmm. of thought there. Uh, Insisting on positive thinking instead. The article also went on to say, although setting aside difficult emotions is sometimes necessary, temporarily denying negative feelings long-term is harmful because it can prevent people from, and this is going to be where we're going to frame this discussion around, processing 
their emotions and overcoming their distress. I want to say it again, that although setting aside difficult emotions is sometimes necessary temporarily, denying negative feelings long term is harmful because it can prevent people from processing their emotions and overcoming their distress. With just that introduction, it just seems to me that, you know, we, sh- we shouldn't deny our emotions. I mean, God gave them to us, right? So they're there for a reason, and how to deal with those emotions is important. Uh, we, we shouldn't not practice being positive. You're not saying that, are you? So for balance, so again, so we're having a great conversation, and I knew that we needed to kind of dig into this, and it may take us a little time today, folks, so be patient with us today. We'll be patient. Yep. (laughs) For balance and clarity on this topic, let me be clear that it is certainly, there is certainly value and benefits in having a positive attitude. I want to be absolutely clear about that. Yep. And a mindset during difficult moments in one's life. I've had to have positivity that I've had to work through and and maintain under certain circumstances. So we're not saying that being positive or, or working toward positive thoughts or emotions are bad. We're saying that we need to put some balance into this. And that's the key to this conversation. But the question on the table is, when can absolute pursuit of positivity become negative or toxic. Okay. All right. The answer to that question then is found in the same Psychology Today article I cited earlier that says this, positivity only becomes problematic when it functions to reject negative emotions. Hmm. I want to say this again. Mm-hmm. It's very important. It is. Positivity only becomes problematic when it functions to reject negative emotions. And therefore, the nuance here is understanding the difference between rejecting negative emotions versus processing negative emotions. All right. Well, again, thank you for uh, doing your own research and uh, bringing this conversation to us here today. You're going to offer up four principles for managing or processing those negative moments thus negating toxic positivity, which attempts to reject those negative emotions, huh? That's going to be the goal for today. So I want everyone that's listening, I don't want you to fall off of your spiritual stool here and saying, <laughs> Reverend McCray is saying, don't pursue positivity, no, that positivity no. is bad. That's right. not what we're saying. We don't want to create negative people, do we? No, we don't. But we are saying that there is a time and a place that we need to put some balance to this. And I've experienced this, and we'll we'll make reference to that as we move forward. So four things. Okay. Uh, that 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 I think will help us to possibly uh, counterbalance this dynamic so that when we go forward, we can we can be whole at the end of the day. Number one, uh, and this is a biggie, particularly around people who, uh, you know, pass away, uh, things that happen suddenly. And, and we're dealing with people and we're trying to give them this timeline of when they should kind of snap out of this, you know, fog or this place. Allow people time, even if you feel like it's been long enough to process negative emotions, feelings or thoughts. One should never force or project a timeline on how long one should feel negative about their situation or circumstance in their life. And I've seen this, Wayne. I've seen family members. I've actually have had people call me and say, listen, I need you to talk to my loved one. It's been, you know, six weeks and they're still mourning the loss of of a family member. But we're not machines, are we? No, we're not. And, And again, we also have to 
remember that everyone processes information and concepts and dynamics differently and at a different pace, in a different time, in a different space. And that's why the our scripture tells us that there is a time for everything. There For everything, there is a season mm-hmm. and a time for every matter. So we can't just... Uh, try to put something on a clock or on a calendar and say, this is, you've been dealing with this long enough now. We need to snap out of this today and we need to move forward. And I've seen people do this to others. And so we need to be mindful that for one person, they may need longer to process a loss, uh, grieving, uh, 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 whatever the dynamic may be. They may need more time than you may need or someone else may need. And we shouldn't put pressure on that individual to just be positive in that moment. They may need some time to work through that. All right. So to summarize this first point, simply say, allow people time. And again, these uh, these points that we're making will be in our program notes at healthhopeandinspiration.com in the free resource that we're offering this week. So, uh, you know, take, take some notes as you go along, but please know that they're there in the program notes for your convenience as well. That is correct. Okay. Number two. And to give up, well, before we go to number two and for our scriptural basis for principle number one, Ephesians 4, verse two and three says, be patient with each other, making for allowance for each other's faults because of your love. In other words, because of the love of God that's in us, think about it this way, Wayne. How long for some of us have we had to work through dynamics that we've had to continue to ask for God's grace? Like, I'm not there yet, Lord. I'm trying to get there. I'm working through it. You know, can you just give me a little more time? How much time do you have right now, (laughs) Percy? So we need to also extend that to uh, our our brethren and our sisters. And Ephesians 4, 2 and 3 tells us that we need to be patient with each other as we are making allowances for their faults or their shortcomings or whatever the dynamic is that they're dealing with that we may think is taking longer than it should. I'm glad you added that scripture. Okay, I jumped the gun. Now number two. Number two, allow people to express their raw humanity, emotions about their situation. Now, this is a biggie. Uh, And again, we're talking primarily to a cancer audience, but there may be someone that's listening that, you know, may not be dealing or addressing cancer per se, but it can be any scenario that um, I've seen cancer patients who they were just having a bad day or a bad week or a bad month for that matter. You know, things were not going well. They don't feel good. They're tired. They're in pain. There's any number of things that a cancer patient, and for people who are listening who have been through cancer, understands this dynamic. They're tired. They're they're weary. So uh, sometimes they just simply emote and express things that sounds very negative to us because we're not tired. We're not weary. You know, we're not we're not being medicated. You know, we haven't lost our hair. We didn't have our breast removed. Mm. So it's easy to stand on the other side of that table and be like, well, you just need to cheer up, dear. The fact of the matter is they are processing any number of dynamics of how they feel mentally, emotionally, spiritually, or physically. And we need to give them permission to express that without judging them. And so feeling sad, anguished, confused, angry, and et cetera, are all human emotions that can result in one trying to process negative events transpiring in their life. With the exception of you, Wayne, I know you've never had a negative moment or you've never had a bad day, but with the exception of you, the rest of us, you know. (laughs) You are kidding me. (laughs) And so when we sit and really think about this, 
you know, with, if we come in with, you know, with, with our spiritual, you know, hey, just get on top of the mountain and just continue to praise the Lord and just stand there and believe that, you know, well, today I may not feel that way. I'm tired today. I, I'm struggling right now. I'm angry. I'm confused about my situation. Do not judge or do not try to stop that individual. They need to express that. They need to emote that. The Bible says the confession is good for the soul. Yes. And I know that that scripture is in the context of sin and, and you know, that sort of thing. But confession simply means to, to ex, you know, to exhort or to say whatever is going on inside of you and express that. Because if we keep that bottled in and if we just try to be, you know, positive on top of that, we're suppressing that. We're pushing that down, which later could create some other dynamics that then we have to kind of come back and circle and address. How many people have we met uh, as they became older and they said, you know, when my mom passed away, I really didn't properly grieve. Everybody just told me to just buck up and be mm -hmm. strong. But 10 years later, I still realized that I'm still struggling and I'm still hurting because I never really properly grieved over that situation. It happens, yes. Happens all the yeah, time. And yeah. so with that, uh, two scriptures that I want to read or make reference to. I want everybody okay. to think about this. I want you to think theologically, but but think naturally. Remember when Jesus, uh, uh, Jesus' friend Lazarus died and the Bible says in John 11, verse 34 and 35, I'm just kind of paraphrasing. It said that Jesus wept. Hmm. Now, I want to process this. Jesus is the savior of the world. He is God incarnate in flesh. Not only that, but Jesus later on goes to see Lazarus and then raises him from the dead. So why is Jesus crying? Hmm. What is he weeping about? Yeah, if, he uh, knows, if I was there, I wouldn't want to be the one to tell him to stop crying, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't either. But it helps us to see the humanity or a negative moment if we want to attach an association with it, that the, the, the news of being told that his friend passed away and died Jesus cried over that. He mm -hmm. wept over that, despite the fact that he knew that he was going to go and resurrect him from the dead uh, a little bit later on down the line, did not prevent him from emoting and expressing a negative feeling of feeling sad for the loss of his friend. It's very yeah. important for us to process. Yeah, that. yeah. Uh, just an aside, you've seen people struggle with this. Um, you, you've seen parents lose uh, young children. I mean, how tragic can that be in life, huh? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and some of the research that I read used those type of examples for like moms, for example, who may have miscarried their children. And then someone will come back and say, well, you're young and you can still have more children later on. And that may be absolutely true. But in that moment of, course. of loss and grief of that person's of that mother's humanity, she's having a moment of grief and sadness and she should be allowed to express that without anybody trying to counter that or tell her to suppress that or push that back. Because later on down the line, that could also be an emotion that rears its ugly head because she did not uh, allow the season of the moment to have its place and its time of expression. And that's why the, the, the scripture that we're reading is so super important. Indeed it is. Okay, so we're talking about these four principles for managing, processing negative moments, negating toxic positivity. We've talked about one and two. One, allow people time. Two, allow them to express their feelings. What's number three? Additionally to this point, I want to give another scriptural reference, and I want to use Jesus in all of them because he's our model. He's our example. Okay. 
In Matthew 26, 38, we all know the scripture and the story of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane before he is about to be arrested and tried and then ultimately crucified or murdered. And Jesus is in the garden. Again, he understanding that, you know, uh, his relationship with God, he's all powerful, he's all knowing. And yet the Bible says that he is He's in the garden with great stress and anxiety, sweating great drops of blood is the exact quote out of the scripture because of the agony, the negative feeling, the negative emotion that he is experiencing of having to go to die. As a matter of fact, Jesus tries to negotiate with God, if I could use that expression. Don't throw any theological stones of abuse at me. Just go back and read the Bible Mm -hmm. where he says, Father, if there's any other way that we can do this, can we do this differently? In other words, I don't want to do this. This this is making me feel a certain kind of way. Jesus is not on the mountain uh, preaching the, the, the Sermon of Beatitudes at this moment. He's having a human moment where he is expressing and he is emoting uh, a raw humanity uh, and emotion uh, that he's feeling in his situation. So again, we need to mind ourselves, remind ourselves, and be mindful with others that we need to allow them to express their raw humanity and emotions about their situation and give them time and space to work through that. That is excellent. Thank you for that. We're talking about these four principles for managing or processing negative moments. Uh, Allow people time, allow them to express their raw humanity. What's number three on the list? Allow people to have a safe place, a safe place to harbor during negative times without feeling guilty, obliged, or judged. Mm. So when individuals are under distress, frustration, or they're discombobulated, they will either retreat to a safe place toward others or they will be secluded. They will seclude themselves and shelter away from others and become reclusive. Because the human dynamic here at this point is that when you're in a state of confusion, you're not really sure what's going on. You're not really sure why certain things have happened. You do one of two things, Wayne. You find someone that you can go talk to and be with that you believe will will kind of nurture you and help you through that moment. Or you will avoid individuals who you feel like are going to try to drag you into a place that you're not ready to go at that moment. You're not prepared at that time to hear hip, hip, hooray. Let's get up and just, you know, be strong and powerful right now. Uh, I I think about when my uh, wife lost both her mom and her dad almost within two and a half years of each other that she actually really struggled with that, you know. And in both cases, she was not present when they passed away. And intermittently, there would be days that she would just be sad. Mm. And she would simply say to me, I just need a day. Just I need another day. I just need this time to just kind of feel the way that I feel. And I just need you to sit here and listen to me. And I and I did just that. I didn't try to tell her, well, let's just pray it away. Let's just kind of just say that, you know, you know, tomorrow's gonna be a better day. She needed to work through that moment at that moment, but she needed to have safe shelter and harbor from someone that she didn't feel like was going to judge her or that she needed to be obliged to what it is that I was saying to her. And I think there's a lot of people who struggle with this. Yeah, absolutely. So Romans 15 and one helps us with this new English translation, by the way, we who are strong, hmm, interesting, must be considerate of those who are sensitive about things like this, things like what? Like dying. Yeah. 
like losing a limb, like losing their breast, losing their hair, if I can be so frank, because this is the community that we're talking to. Uh, how about somebody who has just been given a colostomy bag? Well, you know, that person's not going to feel very positive, you know, immediately after that type of situation or surgery. So we need to be considerate, the scripture tells us, of things like this. We must we must not just please ourselves. I'm going to throw a curveball here now. Okay. I'm good at doing this. <laughs> I, want, I want people to think about this for a second. Romans uh, 15 and 1 told us that we need to be considerate of others, but we need not to please ourselves. I want to say as a side note, Sometimes the message of positivity may merely be a deflective position taken because of one's own personal discomfort with hearing of another's loss uh, or less than pleasant expression or experience. Uh, for example, hearing uh, one discuss their funeral wishes or oh, desires yeah. or desire not to continue with medical treatment, wrestling with their relationship with God. In some cases, Wayne, I think that we immediately push the positivity button because we're uncomfortable in hearing yep, that. True. That's making it's making us nervous. It's making us uncomfortable. Very true. End. Yes. And so the scripture tells us that we should not be supporting those that are weak or struggling. We need to consider the things that they're going through, not to please ourselves. See, we're not, in some cases, we're really trying to please ourselves of yep. what we're hearing. Like, well, you know, hey, girl, you don't need to be talking about that. You know, why are you talking about your funeral arrangements? You know, we're trusting and believing that God is going to heal you. Yeah, he is. Or yeah, we are believing that. But that person still can talk about if they want and if they need to. Hey, here's what I would like to have happen at my funeral if and when I should pass away again. Yeah, it's kind of a negative school of thought, but it's necessary at the moment for that person if they're trying to process through where they are. That is so good. You know, Paul says to consider the interests of others is more important than our own interests, right? Correct. So if we're Correct. uncomfortable with these conversations, we need to think about, you know, what it means to the other person, uh, yeah, the person it, who's telling us these things. Well, the Percy McCray, Reverend Percy McCray principle of supporting cancer patients, uh, number two principle outside of let them drive the bus. You've heard me say it a million times. <laughs> yeah, right. Number two principle is it's not about you. Amen. Amen. It's not about you. It's Very about good. them. It's about them, and we need to minister to them accordingly. Well, this is like drinking from a fire hose today, Percy, and we've got more to come. Uh, I am going to pause for just a moment, though, and mention once more, because we're so excited about this, this uh, Health, Hope, and Inspiration partnership with Abide Meditations. We are teaming up to make a premium subscription of Abide's mobile app free to the HHI community. This mobile app is incredible. Abide makes Bible meditation delightful. You can learn to meditate in five minutes a day. You can rest peacefully with Abide's Bible-based sleep stories. So here's what you do. Text HHI to 22433. I'll repeat that in a moment. This is for a free subscription to the Abide app. You can quiet your mind. You can relax your body. Text HHI to 22433. HHI to 22433. And we believe you will be blessed and encourage. I know you will be blessed and encouraged. So check that out if you would. Okay. So we're talking about this matter of toxic positivity here today mm -hmm. with Percy mm -hmm. McRae and trying to learn from this. And this is this is wonderful, Percy. Again, thanks for doing all the, the uh, legwork on this to bring this to us. Uh, the notes on this will be available at healthhopeandinspiration.com because I know right. people are going to want to continue to wrestle with these thoughts after we're done here today. Absolutely.
Well, let's our final point for today. And again, it's, it's only four points, but it's so much meat on this bone. Yeah, that's <laughs> that, true. You know, it, yeah. it's a lot to it's a lot to process for sure. Yep. Is affirm we should affirm or one should affirm the reality of negative feelings that other people are experiencing. That needs to be affirmed. It doesn't need to be ignored, dismissed. Uh, not having affirmation of one's feelings may cause one to feel inadequate, not loved, or not related to, hmm. and therefore feeling that no one cares about how they feel. Think about it for a second. Again, my wife said this to me. I will never forget it. And she said it to me in no uncertain terms. She said, listen, you know, wait until it's your turn when your mom passes away. Oh, wow. And she was emoting. So, again, she was expressing a negative, you know, yep. feeling and emotion. Yep. And she needed to be allowed to do that. I didn't react. I didn't, right. you know, try to counter that, you know. And then uh, it, and then her point was, is that just hear what I am saying that I am feeling, regardless of what you think about it. See, again, a lot of times we enter in engagements with people based upon our own pre-inscribed notion and idea about something that we haven't even experienced. Hmm. We haven't even gone through this. We don't even know what that feels like we're just speaking very theoretically so not having affirmation of one's feelings may cause them to feel inadequate not loved or not related to and therefore feeling that no one cares about how they feel and, and these so, are people we love we want to support them we want <laughs> exactly. we want them to think that we understand and are listening to them some of the blogs that I read, and again, I know everything in the blogosphere is not something that you can, you know, write your, you know, hold your hat to. It's not but, scripture, right? Yeah, right. But in many cases, it is people who are expressing how they feel and wanting someone to hear that. And I cannot tell you, Wayne, how many uh, responses that I heard to this conversation of people saying these were family members, these were church members, these were people that they loved and cared about deeply but they simply did not stop to consider how they were feeling at the moment after coming out of surgery. And now they, 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 they've lost the body part or whatever mm -hmm. the dynamic is. These are not strangers off of the street. These are people that are near and dear to us. And so uh, Hebrews 4, 15 gives us a spiritual basis here. For we do not have a high priest being Christ uh, who is unable to empathize. I love this reading uh, with our weaknesses but we have one who has been tempted in every way. And I think there's another translation that says, or touched by our feelings of infirmities. And so we need to understand if Christ himself says that he has been touched by our feelings, we need to allow ourselves to be touched by other people's feelings, even when they are negative, even when they're less than positive or pleasant. And so some examples of responses to one's negative expression. Yeah, that would be helpful, out. yes. Yep, yep. Uh, I cannot imagine how much this must hurt. Hmm. See, that's being touched by their feel. I, I can't imagine. I hear you, but I cannot imagine uh, how much this must be hurting you. Or how about this? I'm sorry for what you are feeling today. Versus saying, well, you just feel better. Well, things will be better tomorrow. Well, you can have more kids later on down the line. Mm -hmm. Hey, stop the bus right here. Stop mm -hmm. right here. I'm sorry for what you are feeling. That's being empathetic, and that is experiencing or attempting to be touched by what they're being touched by in the moment. How about this one, Wayne? It is not fair that you are experiencing this. Yeah. Oh, very true. Mm, how about that? 
it's not fair. I understand how you must feel or I or I understand that you are feeling bad about this. It's not fair that that this is happening to you at the end of the day. You can't tell a young mom who just lost, you know, a stillborn child that that was fair. Mm -mm, It's not. mm -mm. So, again, be part of that moment to empathize with them. And then how about this? I would probably feel the same way if 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 this was happening to me, because you need to try to consider put yourself in that in in their shoes for a second. How would you feel if you were told that you would have to have a colostomy bag for the rest of your life? Yikes. Probably wouldn't be very happy about that or that you would have to wear a diaper Mm -hmm. uh, as a result of a prostate cancer, you know, patient as a male. So there are things that we have to, you know, they're not being negative just to be negative. They are trying to process the reality of their situation in that moment. And that can change and that can get better, but they may need some time. That's why our first principle is You know, we can't put a timeline on how long people should feel the way that they do. And then how about this one? Uh, It is okay to feel sad, hurt, confused, and angry. We should give people permission to feel that. It's okay. the word I was thinking. Permission, yes, yeah. (laughs) It's okay. Don't make somebody lie to you. How about this? Hmm. Or force a positive statement out of their mouth that they are not feeling and that they're not able to ascertain at that moment. I've been by bedsides. I remember a story. Um... Many, many, many years ago, it was a wife and a husband. The husband was the patient, and the wife would never allow the husband to speak to anyone without her presence. Okay? She's being a great caregiver, right? Mm -hmm. And then I realized that I started paying attention to his body language when questions would be asked of him. For example, what is your pain level today? You know, a legitimate question while in the hospital. And I would see him cut his eye over to his wife before he would respond. And if he took too long to respond, she would give a response for him. Oh, oh, he's doing fine. Yeah, everything's, yeah, he's doing great today. Well, one day something, the Holy Spirit, I believe it was, said to me, go have a conversation with the patient when when she goes to have dinner Mm -hmm. or have lunch. And I was shocked and amazed at the things that he expressed outside of her presence. Mm. He said, but Reverend McCray, I can't say those things in front of my wife because she will correct me. Because she'll tell me that I'm not walking by faith. She was shutting him down. He was shutting him. She was not allowing him to process. Let's let's go back to the word that we're focusing on. Uh, What he was feeling in the moment as a patient while in the hospital. And there were days that he had very difficult days that he had to work through. Yeah. So with that being said, we need to just be conscious of that. Don't dismiss one's negative feelings is the big takeaway here. Don't dismiss one's negative feelings about their situation because it makes you uncomfortable. Excellent. Boy, what uh, what a great topic here today. So very helpful. And I'll point out again that it's all available in note form as a resource that you can download right now at the website healthhopeandinspiration.com. Now, let's take some extra time here today because I, I think um, you, you've put a lot of effort into this and, and have given us a lot to think about. You must have some closing thoughts r- rattling around in that beautiful brain of yours, Percy. <laughs> I do. I really do. This probably was the most difficult topic that I've ever tried to address of late because, again, I wasn't terribly familiar with the concept or the construct of this as it currently exists. But as I started digging into this and looking at this, I began to understand some very powerful things. So I truly believe that when we witness human suffering of family, friends, and loved ones, it is instinctive to attempt to do or say anything 
everything, something that will help them find the positive aspect of their situation because we love and care about them. Yeah. But just like many confounding life experiences, there can be a good and a bad side to most scenarios. Mm. So with that being said, the concept of toxic positivity is one such paradox that we should be at least considerate and willing to explore and understand its possible consequences. I will acknowledge there may be some who will hear this discussion and knee-jerk at its viability and therefore reject its premise. And I respect you if that is what you choose to do. But our goal here on Health, Hope, and Inspiration is to be balanced and to talk about subjects that are relevant to the cancer community and those who love them. After all, negativity is not to be allowed, right? <laughs> Under any circumstances. <laughs> and we must always remain positive no matter what, right? Oh, boy. We, we short-circuit the process, don't we? We get in the mm. way of what God may want to do. And, that's, and that is exactly the point. So I want to remind us all, Wayne, of our spiritual nugget found in Ecclesiastes. And we quote this scripture all the time. Uh, chapter 3, verses 1 through 22. And you can go and read it extensively. Uh, and I'm reading the, the ESV translation that says this. For everything, there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. In fact, Wayne, the Apostle Paul further tells us in Romans 12, 15, that we should mourn with those who mourn. That's not necessarily a moment to be super positive. That's right. We should mourn with them while they are mourning. Mourning is a type of processing and not rejecting mm -hmm. of their feelings. Mm -hmm. So, to that one person, who's listening right now under the sound of my voice and is experiencing some aspect of mental, emotional, or spiritual anguish and mourning about your current situation, please know I acknowledge that what you are feeling is valid and it is real to you. I do not judge you nor do I place any timeline on how long you should feel that emotion. Your negative feelings do not cancel your relationship with God. Believe it or not, you are still his beloved child who he deeply cares for. The time of your circumstances may be confusing, anxiety-filled, sad, and even angry. But know for this season, if you feel you cannot continue to hold God's hand, he will simply pick you up in his arms and he will carry you the rest of the way until you are able to stand on your own two feet later. It's okay that you don't feel okay. No one should rush you to feel like everything is normal because guess what? It isn't. No. Your world has been turned upside down and you simply are trying to find your footing please hang in there until you do. For those of you who are truly loving and trying to support someone, for those of you who truly love someone who is feeling negative thoughts and emotions, 
please keep one thing in mind when you have a moment later to ponder. Every battery that produces power consistently must have two elements that facilitate its ability to produce that power. It must have a positive terminal and it must have a negative terminal. I've yet to find a battery or someone's life that only has a positive terminal. Thanks for listening. We sure do love you here at Health, Hope, and Inspiration. There's not much more I can add to that, Percy. That was beautiful. Thank you so much. And I'm sure there's many, many people who are going to receive encouragement from this conversation today, a deeply meaningful conversation with Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope. God bless you, brother. I look forward to our next conversation. God bless you, my friend, and thank you. And remember, folks, we love you here at Health, Hope, and Inspiration, and we're standing with you during the good and the bad. But remember, you've got work to do. You've got to keep pushing forward. And until then, keep chopping the wood. You've got work to do, and we're counting on you. All right, talk to you later. God bless. Thanks for listening. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is sponsored by and produced by Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute-designated comprehensive cancer center. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute-designated comprehensive cancer center. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, and Phoenix take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific need. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use leading-edge technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.